Oh my god. Okay, we're live. Okay, by the way, oh, I'm like wearing my setness t-shirt. Yes. Let's go. Yes. Oh my god, everyone got this t-shirt anyway. I I don't know <laughs> like maybe this is a vintage one because like I feel like right now you guys probably have a lot more merch. Uh we anyway, that is a vintage one. That's like the OG Will the OG one. Food. Yeah. Totally. That is. That is I like love this one. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for it's like it. yeah, I'm rocking Costco. You. This is a Costco shirt. You gotta be kidding me, really? You you own a Costco yeah. shirt? I don't even know Costco has a shirt. Costco has a lot of phenomenal clothing. In fact, they uh oh my god. They even do they even like carry Viore athleisure stuff now. Yeah, yeah I saw it. It's supposed to be like forty dollars cheaper than the actual website one. Yeah, I mean yeah, good deals. I'm all I'm all about yeah, it. Yeah, I I mean I've been wearing them in Costco because I like I was afraid of like going into the cold zone. So like I wore the Viore like like jacket or something and then i walk into yeah. the fridge section and then i walk out and then i put it back because it's like <laughs> i'm not gonna spend like anything cool. over a hundred dollar in costco unless it's like a bed or something but yeah i spend I bought, my whole couch is from costco i buy everything really? from costco i i have no no shame about costco same a, i mean i love costco, costco i just don't want to spend anything that's like i don't want to buy a vr in costco i don't want to buy anything more than a hundred dollar i would i'm there to save yeah but i just buy I mean, a lot of yeah. stuff that's just accumulated onto over a hundred dollar that's anyway. fair that's fair i do have a bunch of random costco shit lying around but yeah okay so for the audience who don't know you why would they not know you anyway but you're like the king of sales shame on them Shame, shame on, on them, them like delete unfollow anyway but anyway so <laughs> you are the king of sales and then you're on like literally every platform and then by the way i need to like uh find my like uh previously i interviewed ross for my creator newsletter which is a vintage now i discontinued <laughs> but um, yeah, why gonna... why'd you stop i stopped because um i hate writing okay i should have said this oh, on the podcast but yeah, like, I mean, I compared to writing and like talking, I like talking a lot more. And then I feel like the newsletter was just like, uh, it's hard. But anyway, yeah, so I'm yeah. going to pull that one out and I'm going to put it in, onto my new podcast, which is this one. Perfect. But oh, yeah. I Great. just want to, I just want to say you're like one of the most like hardcore person I've like met on the internet. That's like doing so like that's doing actually I'm so like you hardcore are, you are so hardcore because like i feel like you are really going at life that's just like so hard because you went to stanford gsb and then you're like also in this comedic route for like a long time and then you not a long yeah. time but it's, i feel like you accomplish a lot in a short amount of time and then you're just like also it's been longer than most realize most people think this was like recent i started doing this in 2013 before any of this was cool, before there was a single other corporate creator. The original Wait, corporate were... creator was, was me. Hi, Nicole. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so I like I wanted to say hi to the audience. Anyway, so you're sorry. There's like, a, I don't know why there's Your a mom call calling here. Mom's calling? My, my mom is like actually next, like uh, in the next room because I have a six month old <laughs> now. And then he, she's like watching the baby for me. So hey, that's congrats. why I'm like, yeah, I can be irresponsible during my daytime. You don't want to let that baby hear a single word I say. So oh, that's probably God. the best. I want him to no, he needs to be in sales. I I feel like because I anyway, like I feel like you're so like I just feel like uh you have like accomplished so much and then I feel like you are just like really you work really hard because I literally I was like, um, I like I think the last time I checked in with you, I was like, can I be the extra on your show? <laughs> because I I love the YouTube show. And then okay, so to 
give the audience a little bit more of the background of yours like okay so you have a couple things that you have accomplished you are a serious like sales leader in your sales role and then you have like went through the business route which you went to like Stanford business school which is like the hardest business school to get in of all time and then um in the middle part you have your like committed career and then you have made a, a lot of like amazing TikTok. I want to know like what were you doing in 2013 anyway and then on the other hand you have you're like a you're represented by like a serious agent and then you're like a, this serious um creator now so I want to give the audience a little bit of your background um, from you. Like, what were you doing in 2013? And then can you walk us through your journey from beginning to now for the audience? What was I doing in 2013? So, hi, Nicole. She said uh, she have a there's a Costco in Paris, too, actually. Yeah, anyway, so. Global company. It should be. It should be global in Paris. Company. And everyone should okay. respect it. Um, what was I doing in 2013? I was mostly, I was working at Oracle in sales. I was partying on the weekends and um, I was Welcome doing what every like, life. yeah, I was doing what every like 23, 24 year old sales dude was doing, was miserable at work and would go party super hard about it and then would show up the next week and do it all over again. It was a, um, I don't know, I, I, I wasn't, I still don't feel terribly different than anybody else. I, I played baseball and golf and did typical dude stuff and yeah, <laughs> what is was like a, I mean, I, you know, it was like, go to work, come home, work out, you know, <laughs> smoke some weed, play some video games, go to bed, wake up, sell a bunch of stuff. And We're in California. Yeah, Everything is legal, but anyway, keep yeah, going. I, no, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I, not to say I don't still do all of those things. I do all of those things quite a bit. Um, but no, it was, it was, you know, I was selling for Oracle and then I sold for Glassdoor and I sold for a company that got bought by Akamai. And I sold for about 10 years before I went to business school. And after business school, I basically made the jump and said, okay, I'm going to do this all full time. 2015, though, was when I kind of put rigor behind the creative. That's when I started to try and be more serious about it because I realized it started to become a thing. I never started because I expected it to be a thing. I, I never anticipated that if you were like, well, you expect this today? Like, no, of course not. Like, Vine, Vine, I was on Vine. I started on Vine. Mm -hmm. You, you started know, on so Vine? Like, to age myself. Yeah. Um, Vine was a, uh, for anyone who doesn't know all the young, the young ones out there, it's, it was, a, it was TikTok before TikTok. It was six second videos only. And there was no algorithm. There was no like, um, you know, machine learning per, you know, promoting you to other people. It was just like, if people followed you, they followed you and they saw your videos If they didn't, they didn't. There was none of this like addictive algorithm gaming situation that you've got on TikTok now. So, you know, it, it, I continued to do it as a side piece uh of my life from i guess 2014 through 2020 and that's kind of when i stopped selling in 2021 mm -hmm. so i guess i i guess i sold about eight years and um yeah now I, you know now I, I still do a lot of i don't sell anymore let's be clear i'm not on the sales floor i'm not grinding out cold calls anymore mm -hmm. but i do a lot of work with sales leaders and startups mm -hmm some large companies too. So I, and I have to do that because otherwise I lose my edge. I don't, I read a lot. I have to focus on what's happening in the world, tech and news mm -hmm. and corporate world. And if I were to focus purely on creative, I would lose that knowledge. I, I wouldn't be able to be as realistic about what mm -hmm. I talk about or you know, mm -hmm. truthful about what I talk about. So I have to kind of like maintain both. Totally. 
Um, how do you, I think we chat about this last time, but like, I mean, how do you keep on track with what's happening? And then do you schedule like, let's say like weekly calls with the sales reps or like you just pretend you're like a customer at like people who are selling no. AI to, to be like, no, hey, no, no, I want to buy this GPT thing for my thing. No, I don't, I don't quite impersonate sales people. I mean, I mean, I respond to a lot of, you know, I've thousands and thousands of DMs, but I respond to a lot of them when I can, you know, I spend time chatting with people, people send me information, um, people like, I don't know. Um, I, I just am having conversations. And again, if I'm having conversations with founders, therefore I'm talking to their sales team. I'm just talking to a bunch of, you know, a bunch of people. Um, that's the only way. You know, I, because I'm corporate, bro, people send me information about companies before those companies know that information. It's kind of a weird place to be in. It's um, what's the Hollywood like gossip person? Dumas, Dumois, you know, Dumois, does that mean anything to you? I don't know. So basically this person gets, basically this person, I don't know if it's a guy, gal, who, but gets like anonymous tips from people mm. like, hey, this A-lister was seen like flirting with this A-lister. Hey, this mm -hmm. person just got a show or this person's getting fired. Yeah, you're that so for sales. Awesome. Yes, I'm that for like tech now. Mm. People send me information about layoffs and I'm like, God, I, you know, I don't, I'm not going to, I do post about layoffs, but I'll never post about layoffs now until it's something I learned last year. I'll never do it until mm. I see some proof that it's public. Mm. Because last year I was posting, people were like, oh, we're laying off people. And I was getting information from people like at the top of these companies. And I, I would post about it and people were like, what? Like we're laying people off and i was like oh shit. like now people are scared because i'm sharing this information that isn't public knowledge yet and that's not what i'm trying to do i'm a comedy mm -hmm. page like i want people to be happy and laugh and i don't want people to come to my page and feel more stressed like the whole point of my page in the first place was to not feel the same stress of selling you mm -hmm. know of tech and all that mm -hmm. stuff so it's, why it's like are I, you doing this? I guess yeah why am i doing this okay so i yeah i mean no i feel like yeah, you could have been, I guess, like uh, at one point, like a Fortune 500 CRO or whatever, like based on your career track record. And then now you're picking. I feel like it's harder than like the business route. I think like any creator life, it's kind of like unpredictable. It's kind of like you're investing in B2B SaaS or you're investing in the consumer space. The consumer space is like a lot less predictable and a lot yeah. less like with like a shelf life. But B2B SaaS, meaning if you're like picking the GSB route, you would just become like this really successful person by age 55. And then you're playing golf and like, you know, flying, flying private jet or something. I don't know if I'm flying if I'm a jet. Uh, I'm hopefully playing golf. I, mean, I play a lot of golf now when I can. Uh, I, I do I do love golf, but I really didn't want to pursue the purely serious, we'll call it the Stanford GSB route. I, I, you know, I watched a lot of my friends. You know, a lot of, like what people like to hype Stanford up about is that it's super entrepreneurial, right? People go in there and they want to change careers and they want to like mm -hmm. do something new or start something. And that's not untrue i think a lot of people do want to do that mm -hmm. but when it comes time to make that choice a lot of them don't do it they end up going back to where they were consulting banking finance whatever you know something and i was like i, I was like i won't be happy if i do that and i've been working on this thing on the side for so long and you know it's starting to make some money and i could do some really cool things if i just focus on it just focus and so that that when i graduated is actually when i kind of came out as Ross Pomerantz 
because corporate bro was a separate entity corporate for years corporate bro was anonymous because i had a career i didn't want people to know my real name the reason the name is corporate bro is just so i didn't have to use my real name corporate bro is supposed to be a third person corporate bro is just supposed to be joe anybody in tech average person in tech that was like the whole whole point of it in the first place kind of like um for anybody who's familiar with dilbert the dilbert comics which mm -hmm. is like our parents era in newspapers you know making fun of dilbert was just joe anybody in the corporate world so i basically made that my jump off point I was like i'm burn bridges isn't the right word but i was like if i come out with this and i just admit to everybody who i am then i won't be as tempted to go back and do a classic corporate role and it was a very deliberate choice i made it was that bad but no it wasn't bad at all actually i mean I, I mean you know if you're like a rational person you're like oh yeah sweet yeah it probably helped you it did of course it did you know it was like a, oh now i can build this other piece of my brand around i i know what i'm talking about sometimes that like they, the serious side meets the meets the comedy side and it's like you can suddenly your brand becomes a little bit bigger and you can you get more options you can do more things mm. especially on your own you know mm. the last thing i want to do is go back and be a individual contributor you know carrying the bag in sales again like i'm, I'm just not going to do that for sure and i wonder like in 2013 you started the thing and then what was the what form you were on vine and then uh i guess yeah. later on like this is like vine's a video how do the company not discover you are you and then also like i guess like how what does a growth look like for you because i feel like one of the hardest part as creators like um you know like making money as a creator is kind of unpredictable and i wonder did you have like a full-on strategy since you're in sales so i feel like you're fine but i wonder like how do you kind of like sell yourself as like a creator because you have to productize yourself and your offering and this is like a really you know you started very early on you kind of probably pioneered a lot of the practices people are not using and i wonder well what has the money set of things look like for you and then because i feel like it's really hard to um you know leave like a lucrative job to do things that are like freestyle to a degree yeah yeah um sort of to break it down i mean the vine i got to about ten thousand followers on vine and then vine was disappeared like vine i knew wasn't going anywhere when i had to ask my friends to download it so they could watch my stuff like <laughs> so to answer your question like nobody at oracle was really using vine except for my friends because they're like oh show me the video show me the video i want to see the video that you're making because they like my videos um and so they were downloading you know that's why vine ultimately failed 2014 i want to say 2014 to 2015 that's when instagram started allowing videos they allowed 15 second videos so i was like holy shit, 15 15 seconds like six seconds i could do one joke but 15 seconds i could do two jokes maybe even three so i evolved to that and then they put out then they let one minute be a thing holy shit, I can do a full on sketch in one minute. And then, you know, I, I really kind of avoided YouTube because YouTube at the time didn't want short videos. They hated short videos. They're like, give us the longest content you have. And it's so funny. We've come like full circle now. They're like, give us YouTube shorts. Do we just want shorts? I'm like, you, like, where were you in 2014, 13 when I needed you? Um, so I kind of scaled with the platforms. TikTok mm -hmm. came around. I was late to TikTok. I was just like, God damn it. Like another platform, another annoying platform. <sighs> but I put my stuff on there. I'm on TikTok, but I don't, I don't do things for TikTok. I take my videos and just put them there. They mm -hmm. do well or they don't do well. Like I don't really play the TikTok game. I just have to exist there. Mm -hmm. And so my, so, so now shifting to, to strategy, my strategy was only put something out once a week. 
That was my only strategy for year. I don't think, I think for seven years, I didn't miss a single week of content. Um, now I'm a little bit more comfortable. We, well, I'm not more comfortable. I'm actually less comfortable because I'm like, I got to put out two a week. Some people put out seven a week. Some people like, and the way content's evolved is I, you know, I used to have, I used to go to an office every weekend and bring friends and family and they were my actors and I would build these sketches and I'd shoot multiple <laughs> angles. And now it's just like, hold up a phone in front of yourself, put a fake like background and be like, and like people like, yeah, cool. That's a video. So like the barrier to entry of content has dramatically lowered, which for the democratization of content creators is a good thing. But for someone who is like trying to constantly elevate the, the production value of what I was doing, I was like, why am I spending so much time on this? Why am I like work? Like, why am I, I don't know, obsessing over a single video? Why? Like when it's just like, put some shit out there, just put some stuff out there. The algorithm doesn't give it, the algorithm will decide whether it's good, not your friends, not your followers, which I hate. I can't, you know, someone chooses to follow me. I'm like, just show them my content. Stop like doing this little 10%, 15%, 30%. If it does well, it keeps going out to more people. Mm -hmm. So you start to find yourself building content for the algorithm, which is terrible. So the mm -hmm. strategy for me early on was just put one thing out a week. Now my thing is try to put two things out a week because I, I'm not working a full, I don't have like a, you know, classic corporate job anymore. So I, I technically have more time, but I actually feel like I have way less time, but my mind is always focused on that. So for me, it's like consistent content. Every, people knew for, for years, every Wednesday, and now my times have shifted, but every Wednesday I, at like five Pacific, I was putting out a video. So mm -hmm. people would be like ready for it. You know, you build habits with your audience. Mm -hmm. And then over time it was like, well, now the algorithm, now, now these social platforms, like just, just volume, just put volume out there, which I can't, I, I like have a really hard time playing this game. I'm just like, push it out, push it out, push it out. But that is the truth. If you're getting started, it's like make stuff. I'm not saying put out seven things a week. I'm not saying put five things out a week, but pick. Oh, I'm doing five things a week now, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's hard, but it's like, like, how much time are you spending on this? A ton. Like, this is your yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, you can't really half-ass the creator thing. So true. This is so true. And, okay, so I chatted with, like, another um, really, like, big creator. So he basically told me, like, you know, in the, basically, like, he was saying, like, focus on the quality, not the quantity. Like, because I've always thought, like, I need to be, like, posting all the time because I saw, like, all of these, like, VC podcasters, like, everybody is, like, turning out, like, really terrible shorts on every platform yeah. to blast things out. Like, that's, like, what I feel like business creators do. And then when I was, like, chatting with the real creator, he told me that, like, I need to just focus on giving, like, one piece of content really good work. And then when that blew up, like, because content is kind of like the product. If your product is good, people attract you. Uh, people Like, you attract the right people. And then, like, basically, I guess, like, it's a way to gaming the algorithm to a degree. Like, if you have one piece of content that's really good and people are, uh, the algorithm is, like, more easier to push you to the same audience multiple yeah. times for your follow content. Um, I don't know if you agree or like, do you feel like it's like a every single day thing um, as yeah. much? I mean, as unfortunately, I, I, unfortunately, I don't agree um, because the problem is if you, you can think you have really good content, it can be really high quality content. It can be genuinely good. And this is what I struggle with. And it's like, I have a pretty good barometer of when I know I'm putting out a good video versus like a eh video and I'll put out eh videos because I'm trying to keep my, <laughs> my cadence, but you can spend so much time on something and it does absolutely nothing. TikTok is like, no, you know, it, it doesn't, 
It's not going to perform. Sorry, did yeah. I just lose audio? For... Is it back? Okay, sorry. It's back, I was yeah. phone call. Okay, sorry. So you can spend all this time and TikTok is like, no, this isn't good. This isn't good. And I just spent eight hours on a video. I could go lip sync to Taylor Swift mm -hmm. eight seconds <laughs> and I get a million views. So yeah. why would I be incentivized to go spend, like, unless you're Mr. Beast or some like huge, mm -hmm. unless you have a massive, massive audience and people have like really expected you, really expect you once a week and you put out this crazy video, you know, Mr. Beast spends millions and millions of dollars on each video. And he's obviously the the king. Yeah. But a lot of other people, like even in that kind of like S tier of creator, they'll do that. But if you're getting started and you're trying to just like get on the map, that is not the strategy. You can focus yeah. on quality all you want. But like, again, at the end of the day, the algorithm might not even think it's quality. So it's like, put yeah, things out, put things true. out, put things out until it picks something up and then you hone it in. Then you start to get data points and say, let's like hone the craft into what's actually working. Totally. I completely agree because I've been just like posting as long as I use a virus on like a Kardashian song, I would like got like 20k view on like literally yeah. I was not in the video. I was putting like a PowerPoint of basically I was on Times Square. But anyway, so like yeah. the really terrible quality video compared to like the the video that I talk about, you know, I don't know the news from Roblox and I like spend one day to write the script and then yeah. shoot and then like using a better camera, hiring a t editor, like those videos just perform like 40 views and then like compared to if I just use like a Kim Kardashian in the background, it's good. Yeah. But I wonder that's, the problem. that's that's why I don't agree with that statement. Because it's like you spent time, you built something, and it's like actually good, useful, interesting, like valuable content. Like, is a Kim Kardashian quote sound like useful for anyone? No, it's not. <laughs> but again, these platforms, they don't actually care. Like they just want time on platform. People hear Kim Kardashian, they're like, oh, you know, hundreds of millions of people know that voice. They're going to, yeah. they're going to listen to it. Right. Yeah. hundred million people don't care what happened to Roblox. Like they don't, there is a subset of people that do care about it, but TikTok doesn't care about helping you really find that you have to mm -hmm. kind of have an audience built in that cares about that first. That to oh. me is like where you just got to cut the sound bites, put it out there. It doesn't matter the quality. Like it really is incentivized. I mean, they'll tell you it is incentivizing quantity period totally. right now um do you feel like if like people didn't really get like a really big following at the beginning people i should just cancel that channel and start a new channel on tiktok or do you feel like the um view can come later the, the question was can you so what come later so basically if like let's say if i didn't get like a million view on the first video should i just stop yeah. and then create a new channel because i've heard from multiple people people are like you need to stop using the same account as like the account that was just not getting picked up and you have to start a new account if the first like two videos are not getting let's say i don't know 200k views or something that's sick you're are we talking about TikTok? TikTok, yeah yeah i don't know if that's true i think i mean if i went back to the beginning i think it was like the first within the first 10 videos i had one like go viral but it wasn't million it was like 200k views or something Okay. And then I kept kept going from there. I don't think that I don't think it, you need to hit on the first video because uh, TikTok has to calibrate itself as well. It has to calibrate what type of content you're making and who it thinks you're who it thinks you know the content is for. And and so, um, yeah, I don't th I don't think you need to create a new channel if the first one doesn't pop off. Uh, I don't think that's true. But I mean, like, I feel like first ten and you have like a two hundred k. That's like pretty good. So 
I, I guess like that is some sort of like signal that it's working to a degree. So it is, but it's funny because I'll put the same video on TikTok and I'll put the same video on Instagram and I'll put the same video on LinkedIn and they'll all perform very differently. You know, like the audiences are different, the expectations are different. And mm-hmm. TikTok, the problem is TikTok shows all your videos to people who have no context of who you are. Totally. Like they have no they have they have no idea who you are. Um but LinkedIn, people chose to connect with you and follow you. Instagram, same thing. So when they see it, they're like, they're watching it. They're on the inner circle. That's why I don't like TikTok. Why, why am I making videos for a bunch of people who don't know who I am? Like, I like that it's discoverable. I like that it could potentially get to way more people, but why is it 1% of my audience seeing the content that they've chosen to see, chosen to like to mm. follow? Mm. And 99% is like a bunch of random people who have no context of who you are. Yeah. I would love to see it like 85, my following 15, random people mm, the power sure. of tiktok you know the power of tiktok that's why um, brands don't put money into tiktok they don't like from a money standpoint you were asking about that earlier like the only way a tiktok does what you're paying creators for on tiktok is just to simply make the video you mm-hmm. can say put the video on your channel but as soon as you put hashtag out on your channel you are getting like one one hundredth of the views what you have to do as a brand you have to then say i'm going to put five thousand dollars a budget to boost this video so what you're really paying for is just the creator to make it. Not that, that not that the video is going to be seen by their audience because it's not. It's just absolutely mm-hmm. not. Your an organic video already doesn't get seen by their audience, but then like to put an ad on it, like then even less people see it. So, you know, the money is much more now you're seeing shifting towards LinkedIn, which is an interesting thing, which is funny for me given that they kicked me off the platform in 2019. But that <laughs> Instagram and, and LinkedIn, those are the two that like where the real money is. Whenever someone asks me to do a TikTok video, I'm like, yeah, sure, fine. I don't care. Nobody's going to see it, <laughs> whatever. But with brand choices on Instagram and LinkedIn, I'm very deliberate about what I make and who I work with. Mm. Okay. So I have a question about storytelling. So a lot of the listeners are like startups and VCs. Like I feel like nowadays it's extremely hard to build a brand in the really crowded, I don't know, AI market. Um, I wonder, like, I, by the way, I seen your like AI video and you with like another CEO video. It was so funny. Um, TLDR, how would you kind of like establish a strong brand, um, leveraging storytelling? Let's say if you and I start a, um, AI startup, how should we kind of like position ourselves on what we're selling? Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on, on what we're trying to sell. But to, to answer Nicole's question there, I mean, if I'm starting, if I'm trying to get some actual meaningful impacts, to me, it's LinkedIn off the bat. Uh, I mean, those are buyers, like buyers, professionals, like that's who's on LinkedIn. It's not weird to see business content here. Um, and you start to become a thought leader. You start to become build your own personal brands on LinkedIn. I think Instagram is the other one I'd be at. I would still be on TikTok and YouTube Shorts, but I wouldn't be putting a lot of data or thought behind those platforms. I would be making my content for those other platforms and just cutting pieces and throwing it out on Shorts and cutting it out, throwing it out on TikTok. TikTok can be kind of a top of funnel thing. But to me, if I'm building the brand, I'm trying to be be like, what's the what's the human? AI is inherently like not human. So how do we build AI in, to feel like it's a human? And not in a weird way, but like, how do we call... I've always been like the anti-brand guy in the sense that like I make fun of sales. I'm a sales guy. I make fun of salespeople. I say everything people are thinking. I try to, you know, that who don't feel like they can say it or like, or like, oh, I don't know if I can say that. Like, oh, I can say it. I'm going to say it, mm-hmm. you know? And so if I'm building a brand, it's how do I, 
B2B fortunately has is so vanilla and so boring and the bar is actually pretty low in B2B. I always am like, make something funny, make something mm -hmm. entertaining first, tell stories. Like it doesn't have to even be about your features or the product. It can just be brought to you by AI company. Wow. Mm -hmm. That was funny. Mm -hmm. Wow. They're self-aware. Mm -hmm. Wow. I was just entertained by what, what did that have to do with their product? No, I don't know. Mm -hmm. That was just funny. Mm. You start Bravado, to get yeah. yeah. Bravado is winning because they're your sponsor. Yeah. I feel like I see we'll them see. on every everything. Well, in we'll the see. End. We'll see. I mean, you know, again, like, and this is not, I'm not, this is not a comment on Bravado, but like you can have a great brand and you can put a bunch of things out there. But at the end of the day, if people come in the door, you got to convert them. You got to execute. You got to mm -hmm. give them a good experience. Uh, once you get them in, you know, it's, uh, you got to have both. You because your brand is ruined as soon as someone comes in and is like, "Wow, the brand was really cool," and then I got here and the product sucked and my experience sucked, and so that that stuff still matters, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, do, the question: Do I use a content repurposing strategy? What is your? I'm not great at content repurposing and content kind of efficient content creation, unfortunately, because I'm doing ske sketches that are just like different and and random, and it's not like I can batch a ton of content. I mean, now I'm, I'm doing a podcast now with, with, uh, corporate Natalie and yeah, we just I, take clips from that podcast. Mm, I and love take that. Clips and we put those on. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and then I heard you guys but, eat like the dry pump cake and <laughs> Gen Z people sucks doing yoga during the day. Well, come to the world. Anyway. No, yeah. It's not Gen Z. It's marketers. It's not Gen Z. It's actually marketers doing yoga during the day. Gen Z is just like. I don't want to do uh, this corporate bullshit. There's all this corporate bullshit. We got to call it out, which is fair. I, you know, there's a lot of corporate bullshit. That's what I do. I call corporate bullshit all the time, but for repurposing, it's like, what's all the long form stuff I can do. What's the interviews? Like, like everything is, which is really annoying. And my family's like, can you please put the camera away? Can you please stop filming? It's like, everything is an opportunity for content so to make true. yourself more of a human. Yeah. And like, I have to be deliberate and be like, I'm not bringing my phone out today. And yes, I'm going to miss, I miss opportunities all the time because of that. But, there is a real world out there and you get obsessive about it. And so repurposing to answer, like I will do a repost probably once every couple of weeks. I'm, I'm actually trying to do more reposts because, you know, you got your audience grows and people aren't going back three years to look at your old content. I'm like, I got some bangers in there. and I'm going to bring those out every now and then, especially during relevant times and a quarter video or something or like, mm -hmm. I don't know, Halloween, like, you know, holiday videos that like did well in the past. It's like, I'll bring this back. Uh, so having a, an editor is helpful at times. I, I actually edit all my stuff. Um, you do? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't edit the podcast, but I edit all my videos. I, I do oh my editing. God. That's like a, Which takes a lot that's time. five full-time job. That's five corporate job. Like seriously, yeah. I feel like the editing is like the outsource. It is my recommendation. Yeah. But, when but you're, if you're not doing comedy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah. I, but, but like my sketches, I edit all those because so much yeah. comedy can be, can be brought to life through editing. Yeah. If I'm doing the podcast, I hire an editor. If I'm doing social clips, I'll hire an editor and I'll say, mm -hmm. what, what, I, what do I want? Uh, but all my sketches, everything you see on corporate bro, unless it's a podcast is me, me editing. So it's a lot. I do, I do believe in the content repurposing, especially on TikTok. Like there is no cost to putting volumes of content on YouTube shorts and TikTok mm -hmm. because it either a doesn't go to anyone. So no one cares or it goes to a bunch of people and it pops off like mm -hmm. in the same, in the, in the, 
if I were to just put out horrible content on LinkedIn mm -hmm. over and over and over again, people would drop off, people would unfollow, people would disconnect, whatever. There is a cost there. TikTok and YouTube shorts are, there is no cost. So just volume, volume, volume. That's your top mm -hmm. of funnel. Be yourself, like make qu quality to me is Instagram and, and LinkedIn. And then like the ultimate quality has to be yourself and whatever your product is. You as a human has oh, to be the best. Oh my God, that's deep. Um, well, you, that, that, I mean, sure, you have to convert. Like yeah. you don't want to be a fraud, you know? <laughs> um, okay. So you advise a bunch of startups and I, I assume they're like kind of asking you for probably like brand building or some sort of like um, marketing advice. And I wonder, let's say um, like you and I start a VC fund. How should we position ourselves to be the good storyteller or to be the good like niche? Because, okay, um, I, I'm sure you probably aware some of it, like, you know, in the VC world, like there is some big, like basically the bigger, more established brand will get all the best deals. And the smaller up and coming people, the solo GPs, they have to brand building for themselves in mm -hmm. specific niche characters, like sectors or whatever. But most people have a really generalist portfolio because of like, you have to, you just get like whatever you can get to a degree, right? Or like yeah, your, yeah. I guess, like, how would you go about tell a story of yourself? Because essentially sales, I feel like it's a storytelling um it journey is. and like essentially all these like fund managers people are selling themselves to get money right and then mm -hmm. there are people with no experience who will raise a lot of money and then there's like the people with a lot of experience may not be able to raise money based on their storytelling skills i wonder how do you improve the storytelling skill and then how would you like what's your like three-step process to in your head to like tell a good story about yourself or your yourself as a product yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's three steps and I don't know if I have like the perfect template, so to speak. I mean, VC is an interesting one just because a lot of VCs are really powerful, smart people because they, they were born at the right time and decided to start investing in tech, you know, 20 years ago, which was like, <laughs> I bought Apple at $1 and I've made a lot of money off of Apple at $1. Was I a genius? No, I was 12 years old and I liked iPads or iPods rather, mm -hmm. a little, like little shitty iPod. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not a genius. A lot of them aren't geniuses either. They were in the right place mm -hmm. at the right time. And so therefore mm -hmm. they've got all these successes. They've crushed it. You know, they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're so smart and so cool. And they've also failed thousands and thousands of times. I think the VC thing, and this is me being really jaded and like salty about it, but a lot of it is connections and who you know in that in particular. Right. Nobody's who raise money have can have those connections and, you know, exercise them. And that's not a fault. If you got connection, like if you have opportunity, you would be a shame for you to not use the opportunities and options that you have because mm -hmm. anybody else would. Mm -hmm. So like the pride thing, you know, you can call it pride, whatever you want. I would still say people should use what they've got. You got one, you got one life, right? <laughs> Maximize your potential as much as you can. Um, Robbins. But for me, well, no, I, I, I just think it's a fundamental waste if you have all these opportunities in your life and you decide to hold yourself back because you have like too much pride to, yeah, yeah. you have this opportunity to make an impact yeah. on the world. Use yeah. it, do it. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying use it for bad. Like you could, you also do bad things with that, but I'm saying <laughs> if you, assuming you're a benevolent altruistic person, um, I'll tell you what we did. So Corp Capital, we, um, 
our thesis was around salespeople. Salespeople are highly risk tolerant and they have disposable income. They buy crypto and watches and stupid shit like cars. <laughs> and they don't have no idea how to invest. They have no idea what angel investing is. So we're not a, a technical fund, VC fund, but we're a syndicate of you know, 500, 600 go-to-market professionals. And our whole thing is like, our, our logo is literally the poop emoji with a unicorn horn. And it's the color of a unicorn. Why? Because we're like, we just do unicorn shit. What do we do at Corp Capital? We just do unicorn shit, dog. That's what we do. We just do unicorn shit, period. Oh my Sorry. God. Like that's it. And some people gravitate towards that. It's like an irreverent take on, on VC. Like we're not, we're not perfect. We're not like, you know, we're not Andreessen Horowitz. We're not Redpoint. And, but you are seeing like to, to Redpoint has a, has a creator. His yeah. yeah. Cor Corpus shot, Corpus, Corpus shot. And he does yeah. good work. He's a super smart dude makes content kind of puts Redpoint on the map. I don't know what the quantifiable business impact is of him doing that, but I, I, I know, I mean, I knew Redpoint before this, but I think a lot of people know about Redpoint now as a because result, the, his stuff is good yeah. and he's funny and like, mm -hmm. he's helping them build their brand. They're more personable and they're mm -hmm. tech enabled, they're social media savvy, all those mm -hmm. things that, you know, young people like to see. Mm -hmm. So I think for, so to go to the storytelling piece, it's picking out certain milestones in your life or certain lessons in your life or certain little tiny interesting details of your life that like you kind of introspectively or like ret you get really introspective and like you look back and like wow that was actually a kind of an important piece of my life so for me i sold salad dressings i sold salad dressings for my aunt i would go into like supermarkets i would dress up in a suit and this is like seventh grade eighth grade and i would sell salad dressing i got no commission i just got paid like 60 bucks and i knew as soon as i sold all the the salad dressings in my box i could leave Mm -hmm. So my incentive was like, if I sell these faster, I can go play with my friends because this sucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and for me, I'm like, wow, I actually learned a lot about that. Like to me, that is like a pivotal moment in my sales career. How did I end up in sales? Well, there were signs before the fact that I graduated with no hard skills at all and was a baseball player and didn't know what the hell I was doing in my life. So yeah, there's the washed up athlete part that ends up in sales, but there's also like these little mini things growing up where, oh shit, I was, I was doing that. So that's where I like. If I'm positioning myself as a salesman, it's like I remember being in eighth grade and learning that if I didn't know the expiration date of the, the blue cheese, I wasn't very good at my job. Some lady got mad at me because I didn't know the expiration date of blue cheese. I don't even <laughs> think blue cheese expires. I think it's like a hundred years, blue cheese. So I'd like call my aunt and be like, Auntie, like when does the blue cheese expire? And she's like, it really doesn't, assuming you eat it in like the next 10 years. Okay, cool. Well, then I ran off and told the lady and she still didn't buy from me. But it's like one of those, it's like those little lessons that make you human, right? That's the story building. The storytelling is like, what are the little pieces of your life? Like, it's not the, like, it's not the titles, right? It's not, it's not even like the, it's not the resume. It's the little tiny bits inside those bullet points on your resume. It's those little tiny human stories. And that's to me, like where I would start and, and go forward with that. But not everybody, not everybody it's a long exercise and it constantly needs to be refined and it constantly, you, you're going to remember things in your life that pop up later on, or you're going to have more experiences. They're like, Holy shit. That was like really eye opening for me. Mm. And like you, I've told my story a bajillion times and I still go back. I'm like, God, that was dumb. That was stupid. Why did I say that? Oh, you know what I should have said is this, but it's like fundamentally being as authentic and, and human. And that's so cliche and lame, but as you can, it's like, what are the mistakes? What laugh at yourself, right? You know, you're no, you're not perfect. That's why I'm sick of all the VC. That's why I'm sick of the VC culture. Like everybody's so fucking great. 
Mm-hmm. They're literally yeah. not great. And they're like, I feel like most VC firms are like selling the same thing. Like I couldn't really tell certain VC firms like by just looking at their name. And it's just like, I don't know. Like I feel, I feel bad for saying this, but yeah. Well, it's, it's I, the, uh, you know, what's the quote? Like, I'm not like the other girls. They're, yeah. I'm not like the other girls, other girls who say that. Like, <laughs> like that's all the VCs. No, no, no. We don't just give you money. No, no. We, we, we open up doors and we do all this other shit. No, most of them don't. Most of them don't. That's fine. Yeah. Some do. Some do. But again, most of those things came about because they were just humans doing human stuff. Like we can sit up here. We can sit back here. Like I don't, I didn't see, I don't know. I don't know most things about that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like there were relationships and things that happened that led people to say, Hey, I want to give you money. We're going to do this thing. There's obviously smart, like talented people in that space, of course, but it wasn't the, it wasn't like this brand, so to speak, that's where it started. It was the people of where that started. And then the brand became the brand was kind of the 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 brand was the result of their repeated actions, right? It was the all those little things that they did to get to that point. And now I'm just going to be over here just all bitter that I didn't invest in Uber, you know? <laughs> Fuck! Um, They're still yeah. not making money. They're still not making money. I don't know. So I don't know. Maybe Amazon's better better example, but it it is it starts with the human, and then the brand is just the result of your repeated actions that people start to it's hard to build a brand when you're an inconsistent person that's it like you know your reputation is is that result um of the inputs of your brand so like you put out signals all the time we're all just little signal data points people are going to grab onto what they want to grab onto and then that's how they form your reputation and it's no Mm -hmm. different with building like your personal brand or uh, consumer brands or b2b brands for sure Sorry for um, the rant. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. It <laughs> it's LinkedIn after all. So we, we're a welcome TED Talk. TED Talk after everywhere. <laughs> uh, hi, Daniel. I want to say hi to the audience. And then um, I wonder when you're thinking about like, so. Blue cheese acquired taste, by the way. I didn't like I it. like blue cheese. Why do people hate it? Um, I love blue cheese. I love it. Like, I'm fine with like. If they're like expired or something, like I, I, I feel like half of them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'm that. I don't know if I'm quite. There, but. <laughs> um, but anyway, I think okay. So since we have two minutes, I wonder, um, you know, what is something that like you wouldn't like a lot of podcasts, and then not a lot. Like I mean, I want to feel like very, very special right now. But like anyway, so you are special. thank special, you. Like. Okay, I'm like literally sobbing and crying. But anyway, so <laughs> I wonder. What is um, something that like people never ask you, but you feel like people should know about you? What do people ask? Well, I don't know. That's, what do people ask about me? It's funny. I've been asked this question before, and I didn't have an answer then. And I was like, I should come up with an answer for that. But I don't. You have been asked this question before. I have. I have, I have been asked this question before. No, we need to ask something else. But anyway. No, no, because it's a really good question, and. I don't know. Uh, I, I like, what do I do for, I, I like do a bunch of nerd people. Uh, so I, you know, I've, I spend most of my life curating this, this brand of, of who I am. And, and over time I slowly try to let people into like, the real not, the, you. not that it's not, yeah, not that it's not truth. Cause it is all truth, but like the rest of it, <laughs> the rest of the truth, yeah. it's the truth to a degree. And then it's just like, we chop It's It's like, you know, not the full truth. Right. It's like, I am, I am corporate bro. So I am like, 
the douchey sales guy who, uh, <laughs> you know, who, who like plays sports and like sports betting and like. You are not food. douchey at all in real life, but which way. is true. No, 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 it's true. I am all of those things. I except I don't love Vegas. I don't love Vegas. But I also like am a big Dungeons and Dragons guy. I play World of Warcraft. I paint action figures and I love Legos and I do a bunch of nerd shit that a lot of people don't know. I built my computer. I built this whole setup here and I like uh, I like that type of stuff. I do. A lot you of, edit I, your I, I own show. Do. You build your like little office. Well, I got my command center right here. I got a bunch of screens in front of me. Yeah, I got I got you here. I got my editing stuff there. I got my games over here. I got it. I got it all laid out. So I yeah. think it's just, you know, again, it's as you try to build a brand and I think everything I, everything, most of the things I do are very intentional and uh, deliberate, including the details that I try to slowly let out because you're constantly trying to evolve, right? Corporate bro didn't, I don't, what do I, what do I see corporate bro in 10 years? I don't see corporate bro in 10 years. I hope I'm not corporate bro in 10 years. I hope I'm somebody else. I hope I'm something else. You know, like yeah, I, I, what? Because corporate bro in in corporate bro at its core was like a mid twenties sales guy mm -hmm. battling through the world. Like that's mm -hmm. not that's not who I am anymore. Like mm -hmm. I have a dog. I'm married. Like mm -hmm. I want to buy a house. I'm trying to buy a house. I'll never buy one. <laughs> I've been trying to buy one for two years. And like uh, you know uh, my my vision or like my lens of the world is not the same as it was. So I have to evolve. The character has to evolve. Otherwise. I'm lying to myself and the content becomes a lot harder. So much of it was all born out of my experiences, my life, everything I was going through. And the further away I get from that, the more of a, the more difficult, a more difficult it becomes and the bigger lie I feel like I'm telling. You know, it's, it, it is obviously still a character and a lot of pieces of it are a character, but where the content inspiration comes has to come from Ross. It has to come from my real life. So, you know, I, Corporate Bro will still be something. It might not be called Corporate Bro. It might just be me. I don't know. So just bro. It's like, you know, I, yeah, just I don't, bro. yeah, just bro. Uh, even bro, bro's probably the problem. Bro's kind of a problem word, um, something that I'm trying to work out of too. So constantly thinking, I, and I don't have any answers. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know where I'll be. Hopefully okay. on another podcast with you. Totally. On that note, you should come back, we'll back every year. We'll, we'll do an every year thing. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. Let's do an every year thing. But anyway, it will update. It will update. Um, I'm so excited to see what's next for you and where can people find you uh linkedin ross pomerantz or corporate bro and every single social media that exists as corporate I, bro. <laughs> I highly recommend everyone check out his uh youtube channel it's like a full-on comedy channel and i feel like you put into so much work like you need to promote it everywhere and then because i feel like it just like know, deserves I, I a lot of attention yeah, I'm gonna YouTube, promote I feel like a lot of people don't watch YouTube, so I kind of I don't really promote it that much. I should, you're right. I probably should promote it more. It's a lot of work. Like when I see I those shows, I was like, these deserve to be on like CNBC or like NBC or whatever, <laughs> wherever like the office were. But I feel like this is like a <sighs> super high quality production and then like super well written. It's just like short shows, and then I feel like people should know about it. And then like you put so much effort in. And literally, I feel like it's, you know, it's people's loss if they don't watch it. Yeah. Agree to agree. It, it's their loss. Go lo go watch it. Go watch Sales. Go watch, go watch Sad. Go watch Sad yeah. on YouTube, please. Yeah. Google Corporate <laughs> Thank you, Grace. Follow, You're the best. Follow him. Thank you so much. Appreciate you.
You too. And um, yeah, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Talk soon. Thank you so much. Okay, let me end the stream.